weeks. Amen? You know, we, we, look, at, we look at Christ and we look at church and, 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 and you know, we, we have certain ideas of what it's supposed to be like, what it's supposed to be about, and how we're supposed to respond to him. And, and Jesus, he wanted it to be clear. I'm glad that he is not the author of confusion. How about y'all? And he wanted it to be clear what our relationship with him should be and what he's expecting out of us. I mean, he didn't, he didn't beat around the bush. He didn't, he didn't make it vague. I mean, it was black and white. What does Jesus expect out of us in our relationship? And here in uh, uh, Luke chapter number 9 and verse number 23, we find a very, very clear uh, word of what Jesus is wanting. He says to them all, he says to them all, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily, and what? And follow me. He says also in John chapter number 10, verse 27, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. I wonder, I wonder how, many, how many true Christians are in this building today. I wonder how many true followers are in this building today. That's what we're here to find out. The title of the message today is Time to Define. Say that with me. Time to Define. Time to define. It's time to talk about it. It's time to let's, let's deal with this. Where are we at? I was, I was uh, talking with Brother Dole Berry. We were, uh, we were discussing the message and, and, and some ideas and different things. And Brother Dole is our, our uh, uh, first impressions pastor and also our lead counselor here at Temple. And, uh, and, and he was telling me about when he was working with a company down in Florida. And uh, he had retirement with the company and all that kind of stuff. He was there and been working for him a while. Well, he, he started a side business. He started a side business mowing lawns. He, he had his uh, lawnmower there, and he, and, he, and he started cutting a few lawns just to make some extra money and, and uh, uh, have some extra income coming in. And, and he just got to, to, to cut more grass and more grass and had more people see it and wanted them to come and uh, give him their business. And, and eventually, he had a guy that, that was in the lawn business that wanted to get out. He wanted to retire and give it up. So uh, he sold Brother Doyle all his stuff, the whole trailer, all the lawnmowers, everything that he had there. So he took that over and started cutting more grass. I mean, he's got more machines. He's got uh, more help. I think uh, Miss Barry would help him a little bit. Maybe his brother would help him a little bit. And then he just had more and more and more and more. And, and eventually, he said he even had like 33 accounts going on while he was working his other job. And he said, man, he said it come to a point and it come to a place where I had to make a decision. I had to determine, is this going to be a, a, just a hobby? Is this going to be just an afternoon time? Is this going to be something that when I do on my off time? Or am I going to make a business out of this? Am I going to make a career out of this? Is this just a hobby or a career? Because times come that you have to really decide, where are we going with this? Now, do you realize the same thing happens in relationships? Relationships. We get to know each other. Maybe it's a little casual. Maybe, maybe whatever. And, 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 you know, somewhere along the way, somewhere along the way, we come to a place and say, okay, where are we going with this? I mean, where are we going? Do I need to keep pursuing this? Are you wasting my time? Uh, let's define where we're at in this deal. And I want you to keep that in mind today. Keep that in mind throughout this message today. And uh, as we watch, we're going to see just a little clip, and then we'll, we'll continue the message this morning.
DTR. Some of you will recognize what those letters stand for. If you're not sure, let me help you out. If you are a young man in a relationship with a young woman, then uh, chances are these letters are enough to strike fear into your heart. You may run away from, postpone, you may dread the DTR talk. Some young men will even terminate a relationship if they feel like the DTR talk is imminent. It is that official talk that takes place in every romantic relationship. Do you know what it stands for, DTR? Define the relationship. You sit down and you decide where things are going. Have things moved from casual to committed? I remember this uh, date I went on in high school. On the very first date, the girl tried to have the DTR talk with me. First date, DTR. I got out of their PDQ. I just ran away. He got out of there right away. How many of y'all know that the, the way people date and everything, Brother Calvert, help me with that white door right there, if you can get that thing shut for me. Uh, how many of y'all know they do things different today than they did years ago? You know, years ago, you would, you would ask somebody out on a date. Maybe you'd go and have dinner or whatever, and, and, and it would be just a, a deal. And, and, and maybe maybe y'all had another one. Maybe you never had another date. Maybe it just went on from there. They don't do that now. They, it's not the way it is. Now, now you say, would you like to go get an ice cream? The other one says, would you like to go to that, down the altar and get married? Amen. I mean, it's, it's just, they, I mean, they even become stalkers. Say amen. Where are we at in this deal? Where are we at? I mean, that, that's, a, that's a question that I think when it really boils down to it, everybody, it kind of gets a little scary at that moment. Because then we have to decide really where are we going. Because when you realize where you're at, it will really determine where you're going. And when we have this talk in the house of God, uh, uh, some of y'all in here, you're not ready for this talk because you just got into this thing and you haven't been coming along. And, and, and you know, uh, I don't know much about Christianity and all that. I thought it was just something you did on Sunday and it was an activity. And, you know, I, I thought it was just you make it part of your day or something. I didn't know it was really about a real relationship. I didn't know that, that Jesus was really wanting a relationship with me. It was a personal deal. It was a one-on-one deal. It was something that he was wanting and, and asking of me. So some of y'all may be uncomfortable with this talk, but some of y'all, it's high time we had this talk because we're going to find out some things. Throughout this series, we're going to find, and, and trust me, this has been dead serious all day. I, I, it just it's, it's one of those times that God just sits this down. I remember, I remember, my goodness, I remember when Tammy's mother, Tammy's mother took me and Tammy out to eat when we were, we were uh, talking about getting married and all of that. And, and y'all know I like to eat. I'm fond of eating. I am a connoisseur of any food. Say amen. And when she took us out to eat, me and Tammy sitting on that house, she's sitting on that, she's looking at me eyeball to eyeball. And she said, all right, what is this about? Why do y'all want to get married? And man, I couldn't talk. That's the first time in my life I've ever been speechless in my whole entire life. Because it was, let's talk about it. Well, God's wanting to do that today. He's wanting us to understand where are we really with God. I know where we think we are. I know where we think we are. And I know where I want to think that I am. But is that where we really are with Christ? We're going we're gonna to answer that by asking four questions today. One he asked a while ago in that video clip. Uh, but we're going to basically ask four questions. The first question is a critical question we all need to know. 
But we're going to ask the other three questions to help us answer the first question. Are y'all with me? Say amen. So let's do this. Let's do this. Let's just jump right into this thing and, and just get it over with. Amen. Uh, number one, number one, are you a fan or a follower? Are you a fan or a follower? Because when, when you say, I'm not a fan of Christ, man, people want to get up in arms. Hey, how dare you say, man, you are, what are you saying? That's terrible. That's horrible. Not a fan. What do you mean you're not a fan of Christ? You see, Jesus was on this earth starting the greatest movement ever known by mankind, but he was not looking for fans. He was looking for followers. He was very good at getting fans. You see, a fan, if we was to look up the definition of a fan, a fan is an enthusiastic admirer. Say that with me. An enthusiastic admirer. You see, yesterday, I woke up yesterday morning. I was all excited. It's going to be Miami and Florida, down in the Orange Bowl. Say amen right there. I put on my jersey. Somebody bought me a, a, a brand new uh, University of Florida. I'm talking about the real NCAA certified. Say amen. I'm talking about the whole deal. Had Steve-O on the back. I'm jacked up. I'm excited. I'm ready to go. I got my stuff ready. I got my salad made. You see, I'm on a diet now. It would have been chicken wings in another day. Amen? <laughs> but I have my salad ready. I'm excited. I'm telling you, because I am a fan. If somebody had me a ticket, I would have been in the Orange Bowl rooting them on. Say amen. I, I, I am a fan. I love going. I love being there. I love cheering. I love hollering. I love screaming because I am a Man, then they lost. Somebody called me and said, Preacher, what you going to do? I said, I'm going to practice what I'm preaching. I'm not a fan. <laughs> Amen. I don't. I don't. Uh, and you know, we can be fans of a lot of stuff. How many of y'all like NASCAR racing? Come on, NASCAR. I know I got rednecks in here. Raise your hand. Come on now. I used to love, I used to love Bill Elliott. Awesome Bill from Dawsonville. Only NASCAR driver ever to make up uh, two, he was two laps down at Talladega under green flag racing, made up to, am I preaching this morning or what? <laughs> awesome Bill from Dawsonville. I remember going to Daytona and, and, and being there at the track. Brother Dave, I screamed till I couldn't, I, yeah, I mean, he, going, he can't hear me in that car, come on. <laughs> but I'm going to holler because I'm a, I'm excited. I'm going to we'll, our team will go. And I see some of y'all, y'all ain't even all into this because your team didn't even play yesterday. I get all that. I get all that. I want to see how you act next week against A&M. Come on now. Uh-huh. Yeah. Now watch. Now watch. It's easy to get that way in church. It's easy to get to be a fan in church, I want to read a, a statement to you that really opened my eyes about some things. Now, now stay close. Now, look, if we, have, if we have somebody get loud, just take them out. I mean, we had in the early service, we had somebody kind of get loud. That's okay. Just take them out. Let them calm down and bring. But let's don't let anything distract us from hearing God's word today. Are y'all with me? Say amen. amen. All right. Now, watch this. Watch. Think about this statement. I think we have a tendency to come together once a week and be fans of Jesus. We sit down in our seats and we open up our programs. We applaud at certain times. We leave somehow thinking that as fans, it was all done for us. We get in the car and we evaluate the sermon and we kind of give the service and song selection a thumbs up or a thumbs down and we come back and do it again the very next week. 
you see somebody in the fighting realm, and, and they, after they win the fight, they come and say, hey, I did this for the fans. The fans, if it wasn't for the fans, because see, the fans are paying the money. The fans are making it happen, so they go down on the field and they put on a show for the fans, and, and all of this down here was done for the fans. And that mentality creeps into the Christian church today, and Christians come and they think that we come up here and we put on a good show for the fans. And we'll, we'll gauge it, we'll critique it, we will, we will say what we thought about it, whether it was up today or it was down today. Jalen was a little off today, I tell you what, I don't, that preacher, I don't know where he got that sermon from. Amen. I, we go home the same this week as we were last week. Because truly it's not about being a follower, it's more about being a fan. Are we simply enthusiastic admirers? Well, I know that, that question is going to, it's going to stump us a little bit. I, and that's, that's, I know that's kind of personal. That's a really, that's a really personal, really uh, 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 pointed question. So let's do this. Let's ask three more questions to answer that question, okay? Let's, let's, let's come up to the answer to that question by answering these questions. If we're going to decide whether we're a fan or a follower, let's ask these questions. Let's, let's determine this, okay? How am I going to determine whether I'm a fan or I'm a follower? First, by asking this question here. Question number two. Why are you here why are you here you couldn't been fishing we could be golfing i love to play golf uh ladies you could be shopping you could you could you could be at the lake you could be watching tv and 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 getting ready for sunday football and getting your dinner ready and so really why why are you here today why did, why did you come out today? You see, in John chapter number 6, we find that Jesus was very good at attracting fans. Everywhere he went, he attracted crowds. Everywhere he went. And you know what it says in, I believe it's John chapter 6, verse number 2. It says this. It says, and great multitudes followed him. I mean, he wasn't, it wasn't hard for him to get a crowd. He had a lot of fans. It said, and great crowds followed him because, now watch this, because they saw his miracles. Why did he have great fans? Why did he have a lot of fans? Because he put on a good show. He put on a good show. Now, I don't know why y'all looking at me like that, because how many of y'all like to see somebody turn water into wine? If I came to you and I said, at the Civic Center this week, they're going to bring a dead person in and I'm going to raise them up alive. How many of y'all show up? The rest of y'all are lying. If, if we was in a boat in a hurricane and the ship was about to go under, how many of y'all would like to see somebody walk out on the bow of that ship, say, peace, be still, and calm everything? I don't know about y'all, but I would be a fan of seeing that. I would love to see somebody get healed of blindness. I would love to see somebody raise the dead. I would love to see somebody do the things that Jesus did. I'm telling you, he put on a great show. And they came to watch him. They came to see it. According to verse number 2, they came because of the miracles. They came to see what they saw. Listen, they came because it was cool. But then it gets worse. Jesus sees them hungry, and they have no food. 
Jesus sees them in great need and they have no food. Uh, so what does he do? He takes a lad's lunch. He takes a lad's lunch and he breaks it and he passes it out and breaks it and passes it out and breaks it and passes it out and breaks it and passes it out. And he feeds thousands of people. He sends them on their way. He sends the disciples on. They, he goes on to another place. And guess what? That, that whole crowd, they came and followed him again and followed him to where they was. And watch what Jesus says about it. He said, now it's not about the show. It's not about the show now. Now it's, it's, it's about the lows. Jesus answered them and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, verse 26 of the same chapter, I say unto you, you seek me not because ye saw the miracles, but because ye did eat of the loaves and were filled. Now it's the free food. They followed Jesus. They were a fan of Jesus because of the show, but now they're a fan of Jesus because of the dough. It's what they could get out of him. Hey, this man can give you free food. Boy, isn't that our country today? I, I, I don't care about the message. I don't care that he said he was the bread of life. I don't care about the life change that he's wanting and expecting. I want to see the show. I want to see this choir get it on. I want to see them singers sing. Man, there's some singers up here. Nashville ain't got nothing on them. And, man, we like coming and seeing that. Man, we want to come see it because our life is hell at home and, and it's all but the crying and we want to come to make us feel better. And it does make us feel better. But it's about the show. But then we want God to do something for us. And before long, and I hope, you don't, I don't hope you're not offended by this crude analogy, but, but you know what? Jesus has become a lot of people's sugar daddy. I don't love him. And I don't really want a relationship with him, but I need what he has to give me. I don't want him, but I want his money. I don't want him, but I, have, I want what he can provide for me. He says, you're not coming because of the miracles now. You're coming because of the free food. And you know what? It gets worse. In the same chapter. In the same chapter, in John chapter 6, we see that Jesus is wanting a, 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 listen, the crowd is huge because of the show. The crowd is huge because of the bread, because of the free food. They're wanting to make him a king. But Jesus says, I want to be your savior. I want to be your dearest friend. He invited them to a more intimate and a closer relationship with him and a walk with him. It wasn't about the food. It wasn't about the miracles. It was about him. And let me tell you what happened. John 6, verse 66. That's kind of ironic, isn't it? From that time, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. You see, if Jesus only cared about the crowds, he wouldn't have said what he said. You see, Jesus is not after filling a building. He can do that anytime he wants. Jesus doesn't want you to want him for the miracles. Jesus doesn't want you to want him for free stuff. Jesus doesn't want you to want him because he can take care of your bills. Jesus doesn't want you to want him just because he can heal you at the doctor's office. Jesus doesn't want you to want him just because he can make your husband come back home. Jesus doesn't want you to want him just because he can fix your children. Jesus wants you to want him when you don't want nothing else. He said, follow me. 
Why are you here? Seriously, why? Why are you here? Are you here for the show? So how can I know with that? Because I really like the show. I really like the show too. And I'm using that terminology a little bit loosely. I love the worship. Makes me feel good. I get to hear three times. It never gets old. Never gets old. They sing that blood song. I'm telling you, I could hear it again. Because it ministers to me. But when that's all we come for, and it's not about life change, it's not about the message that he brings to say, I want you to walk with me. I want you to talk with me. I want you to behave like me. I want you to think like me. I want you to be Christ-like. I want you to sacrifice. I want you to deny yourself, take up your cross daily. I want you to follow me. And if we don't leave changed, I don't want you to leave motivated. Do you hear what I said? I don't want you to leave motivated because motivation goes away. I want you to leave changed. See, if we're a fan, we can leave motivated from something. But if we're truly a follower, if it's up, we're with him. If it's down, we're with him. Are y'all with me? So, First question is, why, why are you here? Because see, if you can get the answer to that one, that'll help you answer the first one. If I, I need to know whether I'm a fan or a follower, I need to determine whether I'm here. Why am I here? Why, why did I come this morning? Did I come to offer my praise to him? Did I come to glorify him for what he's done for me this week? Did I come to get my worship on and, and let him know how much? Because worship is about giving, y'all. It's never been about receiving, it's about giving. We go to give to him and we go to worship him. So why, why am I here? Second question. To answer the first question, which would make it our third question. Are you all in? How am I going to determine whether I'm a fan or a follower? Are you all in? Have you pushed all the chips to the middle of the table? Are you committed? Are you sold out today? You see, there's only two kinds of Christians. Only two. You think there are several, but there's only two kinds of Christians. First, there is a committed Christian. Say that word with me. Everybody say it. Come on now. Now, here, here's, here's the touchy one right here. Then there are customized Christians, which is really not Christianity at all. But we have committed Christianity, and then we have customized Christianity. Now, before any of you think which one you're in, let's talk about it. Committed Christianity says, thy will be done. Committed Christianity says, no matter what, I'm in. No matter where, I'm in. No matter how, I'm in. No matter what you want me to do, where you want me to do it, how many times you want me to do it, I am in. I'm all in. But you see, 
Customized Christianity is a little different. Customized Christianity says, now look, I want to go to heaven, but I want my sins forgiven, but I want to know that I'm, I, I've got a home in glory, but how many, <laughs> how many of y'all have ever been to a buffet? Oh, there's some lying people in this house today. Somebody asked me if I like a buffet. I said, do I look like I got this way by not liking a buffet? Amen. Buffets are cool. I remember the very first time when I was a little kid that we got to go to a buffet. I literally, because see, we didn't go out to eat. We didn't. You was a poor preacher's kid. You, did, you didn't do that. I mean, that was, it was the greatest luxury in the world to go to a buffet. Our kids today think it's, it's a, a rite and a passage, amen? But back then, and I'm not exaggerating this, it was the coolest thing in the world. I remember the very first one we went to, and, 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 and there was just food as far as the eye could see. And you could get what you wanted, and the greatest part is however many times you wanted to go, you could go in Jesus' name. They had an ice cream thing there that was unbelievable. This We are going to heaven. It's awesome. And you can take this, a little bit of that, maybe some of this over here, but I don't like this and I don't like that. And that's how we treat God. We want to customize this thing. I remember, I remember the first time I took my father to a Chinese buffet. Now, you got to understand, my, my dad is like Swamp People, Duck Dynasty, and Larry the Cable Guy wrapped into one person. <laughs> it's shoot them and get it done. They're all in the same deal, amen. He is redneck. Chad, am I telling the truth right here? Redneck to the bone. He ain't never ate nothing but American food. Amen. America. Uh, I said, come on, Dad. It ain't that bad. I, let, here's the deal. It'll be out there in front of you. It's on a buffet. You can pick it. If you don't like it, you can leave it. If it looks like something you may want, hey, get it, man. All right, all right, all right. So we go, and I make my plate, and I'm there, and I'm, so I'm sitting back at the table, and I'm waiting, and I'm waiting, and I'm waiting, and waiting, and finally he shows up to the table, and he's white as a ghost. I'm talking about, I even had sweat beads on him. I said, what is wrong? Where, where have you been? He said, man, have y'all ever seen Hunan pork? Hunan pork? He said, I thought that thing said human pork. It's, it's a God's wonder we ever got him back. Amen. I don't, I don't, I guess things are, economy's bad when you're eating people, man. I don't know. I want a, I want a little bit of this and I want a little bit of that. And, and, I, and, and let's, let's do it. God, I want to be a follower. Jesus, I want to be a follower in uh, everything. And, man, I'm all in. I want, to, I want to do everything. I'm going to be a follower. But don't ask me to forgive them people to hurt me. Uh, don't ask me to deal with that issue 
that you know about, nobody else knows about. But Lord, I want to be a follower. I want to be a follower. Uh, uh, but don't you talk to me about my money now. I mean, that money's mine, and you do all that tithing, offering stuff you've been talking about. Don't, don't, don't really mess with that area. But I want to follow you now. I want to be a follower. But don't be, don't be talking about that premarital sex stuff, and don't be asking me to abstain. You know, we're living together, and we got this little thing. And you know, me and God, we've got. Let me tell you something. The only thing I know about God is what He wrote. And we can't come to God and say, now, God, I'm all in up to here, but after that, listen, I can't. That does not work. If you are not all in, you are not following. It doesn't work that way. Now, God, I'm all in. I'm, I'm going to follow you and everything. Only in them areas that I'm comfortable with. That's, that's not all in. That's customized. But the thing I found out in the, in the Word of God, God doesn't have a custom shop. He says, this is the way it is. If you're going to follow me, you have to deny yourself. Take up your cross daily and come follow me. Are you a fan or a follower? You see, if we can figure out why we're here, and we can determine whether we're all in. We can determine whether we're a fan or a follower. But there's one last question that may be the most important question. So pinch yourself. Wake up. Wake up. This is the last service. If anybody should be awake, y'all should. Y'all got more sleep than anybody. Say amen. That's why we give out free coffee. Get your coffee and wake up. Amen. Look at me. I need everybody's attention. I need everybody's attention because this is the dangerous part. This is the dangerous part. How many of you in here, how many of you in here have pretty much been in church most of your life? Raise your hand real high. Raise your hand real high. Raise it up real high. Okay. Now, how many of y'all that raised your hand and, and said, preacher, I've been in church most of my life. How many of you would say, uh, my parents made me go when I was little? Raise it, raise it up. Come on, let me see. Let me see. Let me see. All right, that's that's cool. That's cool. Now, before I say what I'm gonna say, I think that's good. All these people run around saying, "I don't think you should make your kids go to church." I, I think you should make them go to church before you make them brush their teeth. I think you need to make them go to church. But here's what happens. Here's what happens. I grew, now. I'm not. I'm not talking about something I think. I'm talking about something I know. When we grow up in church our whole life. And we're made to go. Maybe our parents made us go. Maybe you went because a girlfriend went. And she wouldn't go to Dairy Queen with you unless you went to church with her. Well, you start going. Maybe it's some way or another that way, but you were going because of somebody else. The last question is this. Have you made it your own? Have you made faith your own? Or have you inherited a religion? Because see, when you're made to go in the beginning, you learn all the stuff. How many of y'all, for instance, how many of y'all have ever, maybe somebody that you work with or somebody maybe around you would play songs that you wasn't familiar with, you didn't even necessarily like, but they kept playing it and playing it and playing it and it kind of grown on you? You know, you may not be a country music person, but you heard Garth Brooks so much in the man's truck, you started singing Friends in Low Places. 
Am I right? You get to hearing it so much, you get accustomed to it, you even get to get a little hankering for it. Amen? I kind of like that. You know what happens? We come to church because somebody else made us, and we hang around enough and long enough, we get to liking it. We get used to it. We learn all the songs. We learn all the lingo. We begin to speak Christianese. Brother, sister, that's Christianese if y'all wonder. Not so Christianese, what is that, brother? We, we know all the talk. And if anybody out in the world saw us, they would think, yeah, he's a, he's a follower. But we've gotten so accustomed to everything, we've just kind of adapted to everything. We even enjoy everything, but we've never had an intimate encounter with Jesus Christ. And Jesus doesn't want us to be a fan of the way we do things. Jesus doesn't want us to be a fan of a ritualistic uh, activity that we do every week. Jesus wants you to know him. He wants you to have a personal relationship with him. He wants you to have an intimate walk with him. He doesn't want you to just talk to him on Sunday. He wants you to wake up and speak to him on Monday. He wants you to love him on Tuesday. He wants you to follow him on Wednesday. Somebody say amen. But it's so... So dangerous that we grow up in a place and we never make it our own. What's that mean? I need everybody's attention real quick. Wake up again, pinch your neighbor. Don't pinch yourself. No, I'm kidding. Don't pinch your neighbor. They may not have a sense of humor. Amen. Look at me. Look at me, everybody. Everybody look at me. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. I grew up in church my whole life. 17 years old. God calls me to preach. Well, I've done heard what everybody else said about stuff. I've heard what everybody else said in the Bible and, 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 and what everybody preached. So I preached what they preached because I had confidence in them and I believed what they believed and just said what they said. And you know what God did? God took me all the way to Coleman, Alabama, 500 miles away from everybody and, and, and 800 miles away from my family, every influence in my life. And it was nobody but me and God. And God said, I don't care what your mama said. I don't care what your daddy said. I don't care what Dr. Doodle Digger said. I want you to know what I said. And I had to take my Bible and open my Bible, and I had to believe something because I believed it because God showed it to me. And too many people are resting on the coattails of their family or their friends, and they don't know God worth a hill of beans because they've never made it their own. And I, you know what I come to find out? God wasn't... God wasn't all what those people I grew up with said he was. Some of the stuff that they said, it wasn't right. Because you know what I did? I took my Bible and I found out for myself. I'm not going to get to heaven. I'm not, I'm not going to get to heaven because my daddy preached and my mama shouted. I'm not going to get to heaven because I inherited a religion. I, I was going to put faith there. In my notes, I wrote down, sometimes we inherit our faith. But it's not faith. God wouldn't let me. He made me. He spoke to me and said, take that out of your notes because that's not right. That's a religion. If that's all they have, it's not faith that they have. It's a list of rules and regulations and a ritualistic way of doing things. That's religion. They've inherited a religion, but they never had true faith. And you see, fans are excited. Fans are enthusiastic admirers. Fans know all the lingo. Fans know all the songs. They can even get to the places in the Bible real fast before anybody else. But do they know Jesus Christ personally? Personally. 
How is your relationship with Jesus? How, how, how close are you to him? How well do you know him? I learned something this week. I learned something this week. And it was, it, to me, it was powerful. It might not be to you, but to me, it was powerful. Uh, in, our, in our giving, in our giving uh, for, the, for the building deal, you know, we all, we all uh, uh, sacrificed and gave a one-time offering. And then we all committed, most of us committed uh, to giving uh, a certain amount each week uh, for a certain period of time. And that committed amount was 7,000-something a week. That's what we all committed to give. And, and this past month, we averaged about 3,200. So we were less than half came in of what was pledged to come in. And I, w- I was speaking to the staff about it, and, and we, you know, we was making up excuses, and, you know, I, I'm always, listen, you know, it's the summertime, and, you know, we got vacations, you got to pay for vacations, and, and you know, it, it's, hey, it's back to school, it takes $2 billion to send somebody to kindergarten nowadays, amen. I mean, it's ridiculous, I don't even understand, anyhow. So we got all that going on, and, and then God just said, it's not about that. It's not about that. Because, see, I don't know about you, because I don't know what you, you, you committed to give. I don't know what, it, I don't want to know that. I don't know what anybody ties. I don't know what anybody gives. It's none of my business. I don't want to know, because I want to be able to preach truth, and you not say, he's preaching that to me, because he know I didn't give this week. You'll never be able to say that about me, because I don't know what you give. And I'm going to preach what the truth says, and what God tells me to preach regardless, so that's not really an issue. But this is, what, this is what I found out about my own self. And this is why I said I learned something. I, God told me to commit more than what I, I was able to. God told me to, to pledge more each week than what you really able because I didn't. I, I wasn't able to do that. So guess what I got to do every month? All right, God, I ain't got it. I need you to give it to me. I'll give it if you'll give it to me. And you know what? He does. Some way or another, he does. And this is what I learned. This is what I learned. The reason God does it this way is so we'll keep coming to him. The Bible says this is the pattern of prayer. Give us this. In other words, every day come to God for your need. Every day come to God for your need. Every day. God is setting it up so you will have to come to him. Why? Because he knew if he gave it to you in the beginning and kept on, you'd never talk to him no more. So every week, now let me say this, let me say this, whatever you've committed and you ask God to give it to you and, and you do and, and you put it on a, you put it on your cable bill, uh-oh. If God gives it to you to give, you better give it. But he will. But God wants this to be a reoccurring thing. He wants this relationship to be a daily thing. He wants you to have a daily relationship with him. Let me tell you why marriages fall apart. Let me tell you why marriages fall apart. Yes, preacher, tell us. Why does marriages fall apart? I'm glad that you wanted to know. Amen? Probably 95% of all marriages fall apart for this reason here. What we did, now, now pay attention right here. What we did to get them, we quit doing once we got them. What we did to get them, we quit doing once we got them. What's that mean? 
We do everything we can to impress them. We do everything we can to put the, 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 the best foot forward because we want to impress them because we want them to be ours. We try to fix our hair just right. We try to do our clothes just right because we want to impress them. We want them to think we're somebody. We want to think we're cute and hot and all that kind of stuff. And, and we put everything we can to impress that person. And then once the ring goes on, a chemical imbalance takes place and we quit doing that. Am I, am I preaching the gospel this morning? I remember me and Tammy first started uh, being sweet on each other. Uh, I want to impress her. I take, I take my money and I take the biggest bill I had. Biggest bill I had. Chad is probably 20 at the time, but I take the biggest bill I had and put all ones underneath it and wrap that baby up. It look like a wad. Say amen. <laughs> I learned that from my daddy too, by the way. Amen. Get out to eat and pull that baby out. Amen. Turn it so she couldn't see the one. She just saw the wad. Amen. Man, I wanted to impress her. Went to the mall. It was during Christmas time. Man, I was buying everybody in her family a Christmas present. And then it got time to buy her one and run out of money. I don't know. It, that's my deal. I wanted to impress her so bad. And, and, then, and then I went, I went home and then come back because it was during Christmas time, and it was on Christmas break, but I wanted to come back and see her, so, man, I drove all the way back from South Florida, got into South Carolina, but it was really late before I got started, so she didn't think I was coming, and it got really late at night, but, and that was before cell phones, so I couldn't tell her where I was at and all that kind of stuff. She just thought I went on back to the dorm where I, I was staying and all that, and, or, or the uh, golf course, and, and uh, so she thought I wasn't coming, so she got ready to go to bed, and she took her contacts out and all that stuff, and, and uh, so I got there to the house, and I knocked on the door, and knocked on the door and knocked on the door. Man, I could see every light in the house was on. I could see people moving in there. I'm like, what is the deal? And I knocked on the door. Finally, her stepdad come to the door and said, son, you're going to have to wait out right here. She's in there getting her contacts in. She, you, she'll be out in just a minute. Would not let me in the house till she got her contacts in because she didn't want me to see her with her glasses on. She wanted to impress me. And you know what we do? We quit doing all that stuff. We get so familiar with each other. And you know what's happening? God has answered prayer after prayer after prayer after prayer. And after long, we begin to take that for granted. And he becomes a sugar daddy. The question today, are we a fan or are we a true follower? Are we going to follow God even in the valley? Are we, it's easy to follow God when things are going good, but what if they're not? Are we still going to follow him? Are we just an enthusiastic admirer that has to come? Or are we true followers of Christ? And all God's people said, Father, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, I ask you to please touch those here today that need to be saved. Maybe they've come to church most of their life. Maybe they're so familiar with church and they know all the lingo and they know all the words. They know everything that's said. But God, they need a relationship. They've never been saved. Maybe they come through the life recovery. And maybe this is their first time. 
But God, you spoke to their heart and you showed them that today is the day they need to come and begin a relationship with you. Maybe they need to commit themselves to you. I pray for that one that needs to know right now, if they were to die right now, if, they were, if they're not 100% sure they'd go to heaven, I want you to come now. We want to take a Bible and show you how to begin a relationship with Jesus. We've got people at this altar. We've got ladies and gentlemen at this altar. As every head's bowed and every eye closed, if God's speaking to you right now, I want you to come. Step out of your aisle right now and come. Don't let the devil get victory. Don't let him, listen, don't let him cause you not to do what you know God's calling you to do. If you're here today and you need to trust Christ, I want you to come. If you're here today and you say, preacher, oh my goodness, I know I'm saved, but I have so far to go. I need, I need to become a more committed follower of Christ. I don't want to be labeled a fan. I don't want Jesus just to think I'm a fan. I want to be a true follower. Won't you come on right now? Come on, let's flood this altar. Let's come around this altar and let's commit to him. Let's say, God, we're sold out. We're going to give in. We're going to sell out. Come on now. I, I need some folks at this altar. I know, I know this thing's almost over. But did God speak to your heart? Are you tired of being the same way? Are you tired of not being committed? Are you tired of being just halfway with him? Then let's come. Come on. Let's come and commit to him and say, God, I'm all in. I'm selling out to you today. Won't you come? Father, you know who needs to be at this altar. You know who you're speaking to right now. Lord, it seems like the devil's doing everything he can to hold back. Lord, he's doing everything he can to keep us from being committed to you. Well, Lord, this is the day. This is the day. No longer. No more procrastination. No more putting it off. No more. No more procrastination. Today is the day. I'm selling out today. I'm committing today. I'm making it my own today. I'm a follower of Christ. God, I pray that your will be done. I pray that you'll move in an awesome way. And Lord, we'll thank you for all that you've done. In Jesus' precious holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's stand to our feet. Everyone stand to your feet. We're going to sing a verse of invitation. If you need to come, I want you to come right now. There's others at the altar. If you need to come and be saved, we'll, we'll help you with that. If you need to come and join up, we'll help you with that. Don't leave here without committing. Don't leave here without saying, I'm all in. I'm all in. No matter what, I'm all in. Come on. Help him, Jesus. Help him, Jesus. Lord, I pray.
Our lives won't be prosperous without Him. Oh, trust Him today. Thank God I'm saved. Amen. Everybody sing this chorus with us now. Help us now. Jesus, oh Jesus, do you know him today? Don't turn him away. Don't put him off. Oh, trust him today. that chorus one more time sing that chorus one more time Jesus oh Jesus everybody sing oh Jesus all right do you know him today turn him Jesus How many of y'all are so happy, so happy that Amber Kimbrough is coming this morning and joined up with Temple Baptist Church? Isn't that great? Amen. Woo-hoo. Isn't the Lord good? All the time. Now listen, we're going to pray. We're going to pray and we're going to give as God has commanded and, and, uh, and, and, and challenged us to. Listen, I, the one thing I'm so tickled about what I learned this week that when I do pray and say, God, now I don't have it now. I need it. If you want me to give it, you got to give it to me. And he answers that prayer. That brings my faith level up another notch. Every time he answers a prayer, it gives me strength. It gives me confidence in him. And that's the whole purpose of the giving. And that's why God wants you to. Amen? So let's pray and ask God to bless today. Lord, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for helping us. Thank you for revealing things to us that, Lord, personally, I didn't really want to know. I, this, this message, Lord, has just been in my face. Lord, it's just been serious and, and dealing in areas of my life, Lord, that sometimes I don't want to deal with. Well, God, I pray through these next six weeks, Lord, that you will just deal with all of us and draw us all closer to you. Because the reward is so much greater than the sacrifice. God, I pray that your will be done. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.